You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas, uh, the the hostess with the mostest, I guess. That's a that's a saying. Anyways, I uh, appreciate all love and support, as always, from my friends in the wrestling community. I have a amazing guest, one of my former teammates at Muskegon Community College, Jayhawk Pride, and head coach of the Hesperia Panthers, Mr. Mark Arbigas. Coach, how are you doing? Good. Thank you for that awesome introduction. <laughs> well, I've been working on it all morning. Thank you. <laughs> so me and Mark go back almost 20 years. It's kind of crazy it's been that long since we've uh, competed alongside each other. Uh, we were teammates at Muskegon Community College my freshman year. Mark was a junior college national qualifier at MCC and uh, pretty much showed me the ropes of college wrestling. Now, granted, I was thankful I didn't have to wrestle him because we were about 40 pounds difference in weight, but I'm sure he would have thrashed me. <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, he's a educator like I am. I believe he's a physical education teacher in the Hesperia Public Schools. Yeah, elementary, and elementary, elementary. The little kids running around, man. Oh yeah, uh, it's more than dodgeball and tag, right? Yes. When you say hurting cats, that's pretty much what I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate your service and education. Trust me. I used to have a lot of hair before I became a teacher, but I, but I love it nonetheless. It's a, a labor of love for the for those kids trying to help them become more productive uh, citizens. So exactly. So tell us how you got started in this great sport of wrestling. <clears throat> well, it's uh, I told this story actually a couple of times this year, uh, and it was kind of neat to go back and talk about it because. Uh, most of the guys on my team I've had since kindergarten because I teach elementary school PE and I'm the only elementary school PE guy in the, in the district. So I'll have had these kids if they're, if they're from kindergarten, which about 90% of our kids go K K 12. So anyway, uh, you know, uh, my dad was a teacher, uh, for 35 years. And, and, uh, that's kind of, kind of got into teaching and, and, uh, I actually didn't do any sports at all when I was a youth. So, uh, and my, one of my guys said, man, I can't believe that coach. You're like one of the most in shape people I know. And I said, well, I appreciate that, but, uh, let me get into the story. So anyway, we're talking and uh, I just said, you know, I was waiting for my dad to get out of class one day, and I was actually in seventh grade. And uh, <clears throat> while I was waiting for my dad to get done, like working on lessons or something, mm-hmm. he, uh, I was playing chess with uh, Bob Henry, who was our first wrestling coach ever at Hesperia. He started the program back in the 70s. And he was a math teacher. He was almost retired. He was really close to retiring, but he ran a chess club. So I'm playing Bob Henry in chess. And, uh, you know, sometimes he'd like to let us beat him so we could talk to him longer. And uh, he said, hey, well, what are you doing after? We got done playing. What are you doing after this? And I said, oh, not much. Probably just waiting for my dad. And he said, well, hey, there's a middle school wrestling match. And it just so happened it was the last middle school meet of the year he (laughs) says you want to go down and watch and i said you know what that sounds cool 
So I told my dad, and then I went down with uh, Mr. Henry there, Bob Henry, and uh, I watched the wrestling meet. <clears throat> and uh, I got done watching the first match of the meet, and I said, I got to do this. And uh, I just kind of got hooked right there, and uh, I found out, you know, more about it and uh, watched wrestling and and talked to people that wrestled, my friends. And then that next year, when the coach, Doug Barrett, happened to be the coach at the time, said, uh, hey, you going to sign up for wrestling? I think I was in a social studies class, and I said, as a matter of fact, I am. And then that's how everything started right there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, like I said, I didn't do any youth sports or anything like that. <clears throat> but uh, that that started my wrestling career right there, uh, seventh eighth grade chess club. <laughs> <laughs> so at the at the high school level, you were a pretty pretty good wrestler. All state as a as a senior. Uh, yeah. What was that journey like? Oh, it was awesome. You know, I uh, like I said, I started in eighth grade. I think I was nineteen and seven, and then uh, <clears throat> then I got into my freshman year. And I was able to start on the varsity at 112. Huge ripped physique, obviously. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> anyway, so then I took my lumps of learning. I think I was 25 and 23 that year. And uh, I learned a lot. And it, it was one of those things, too, for me. Uh, I was a lighter weight being a younger guy, which is a good thing for, for starting out on the varsity, obviously, but because uh, most of those guys are younger. But my, my team at Hesperia, you know, we made the, the quarterfinals that year. So I was around a lot of successful people and a lot of success in the program. And then the, we had several guys that were really good wrestlers, all staters. And I just got to learn from them, you know, iron sharpens iron. Right. And uh, it was a great experience for me. And then, uh, you know, when I was a sophomore, uh, that that was the first year I made it to state. Personally, we were second in the state as a team and uh, lost by a point in the finals to a wonderful school of Whittemore Prescott. Oh, yeah. That's and, out by my neck of the words now. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, there was guys on that team that won over 200 matches, you know. And, uh, anyway, so, so uh, you know, then the junior year came around, same thing. We had a lot of great team success. I, I made it to state again as an individual. And then my senior year, Again, uh, I finally got to place that year, and we had a lot of team success as well. So I think one thing that helped me out was having all the extra support as the team and the program just allowed me to grow, you know, quickly as an individual. So, I mean, I could go in more detail on the, on the seasons, obviously. <laughs> no, no, it sounds like it's a, a gradual progression and being a part of, I mean, Hesperia – has historically been one of the best programs in Division Four, um, along with like New Lothrop and Hudson. You mentioned Whittemore; uh, that's been in out uh, Clinton before they moved up to Division Three. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, Addison's won it. Uh, I think about also 
Um, a yeah. lot of tough, tough teams. Now, what made you decide to wrestle in college? Well, I think, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it was one of those things where, you know, you just sometimes you feel like you got some unfinished business. And uh, I wasn't ready to be done with wrestling. I had a lot of my friends wrestled when they were youth. Like, I'm talking mid, elementary school, upper elementary, all through middle school. And I, I didn't do that, you know. So I felt like I had, you know, unfinished business or where I just wanted to continue my wrestling career. So I remember talking to my coaches and I said, man, you know, uh, I think I'm going to go to community college to save some money, but I think I'd really like to wrestle. And uh, I said, you know, what what do you think? And they said, hey, well, we'll, we'll put a call in down to, Coach Gaffner, he was the coach at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they put a call in for me, and obviously the coaches there just said, you know what, if he if he wants to come out, you know, we have open, you know, uh, what, what do you call that, uh, where you just you walk on status, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. guess. Walk you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, so he, you know, if he's going to come to school here, just tell him to sign up for the wrestling class, make sure he does that, and then uh, – and we'd love to have him kind of thing. So for me, it was it was one of those things where like, hey, I know who I am. I'm going <laughs> to do it. You know, yeah. it, it didn't take a lot of convincing. So, right. Uh, and as soon as as soon as I had that conversation, it was just one of those things, you know, you say it, you do it. Mm -hmm. That's that's just kind of how it was. And I was excited to say the least that I was going to get to get to continue wrestling on and uh the jayhawk years were just not only phenomenal for me as a wrestler but as a person with growth i learned so much while i was there about myself and uh it was a wonderful experience uh mm -hmm. I mean, I could go into it more <laughs> if you'd like <laughs> well look so after after m c c um where did you go to get your teacher, uh, your bachelor's degree, and then your teacher certificate? Yeah, so uh, basically, I uh, I finished up my time with the Jayhawks. You know, I was there for two seasons. I had, like I said, wonderful experiences. Got my associate's degree, and uh, after I was done wrestling there, I transferred to Western Michigan University. Um, I didn't continue to wrestle. You know, I, I felt like I needed to really shift gear and, and focus more on finishing uh, college. I knew I wasn't going to be a, an Olympic champion quite yet, but I did know <laughs> I wanted to get a job. So I shift gears and really focused on school and put my hammer down. And I got my uh, bachelor's from Western uh, in uh, education, uh, which I am an elementary PE teacher now. And I can uh, basically I'm certified K twelve for that and uh -huh. uh, K K eighth all subjects and and uh, I actually went back to Western while I was teaching and got my master's through them as well and uh, yeah so that's where I got my undergrad my teaching certificate and my master's is all through Western. So after you got your your teaching certificate, what made you want to come back to your to your hometown, your alma mater, and teach and coach? So uh, what happened there is kind of funny, you know, I uh, 
my dad <clears throat> taught at Hesperia for 35 years and uh, I stayed in contact you know with Hesperia my coaches my family was here uh, we have family business we built log cabins and my dad still does even though he's retired from teaching, he still about, builds about one a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like a big picture guy, you know. Like I really paid attention to everything that was going on around me. And mm-hmm. I, I knew like, okay, if I, if I finish and I graduate at this time, I said there's all these older teachers that are like really close to retirement. <laughs> so right. I, I graduated in December – and uh, I remember my mentor teacher, Dennis Paquette, great wrestling coach from Bangor there. Shout out to Dennis. <laughs> uh, he, he talked to me about maybe staying down. I said, well, I got to get up and, and spend some time with my family and be up there. Well, as soon as I came back, you know, they kind of put their hooks in me, which is a good thing. <laughs> right. My family and, and uh, you know, the coaches at Hesperia. And uh, I just felt like, it was where I was supposed to be. And then that, that, uh, spring, like 10 to 15 teachers retired and out of Hesperia, that's a lot of people, you know? Right. So they did some shuffling and, uh, I got hired in that, that summer and I've been there ever since, uh, you know, so it's been a real good gig for me and I was able to live close to my family which mm-hmm. is a good support system. Right. Uh, I was able to build a house for myself. I grew up building houses. I mm-hmm. did that in 09. And, uh, yeah, I was talking to uh, Doug actually yesterday about coaching, and I said, you know, uh, I was talking to this fella at church about things, and he didn't know that I coached. And I said, I went back and thought about it. And actually, I've been kind of coaching at Hesperia since 2002. And I said, <laughs> I said that's like 20 years now. <laughs> so uh, anyway, obviously, there was some short pauses in there for school or, or whatnot. But I'd always right. come back and help. So. Mm-hmm. so my heart was kind of always here. Right. And it just kind of worked out. You know, I think uh, the good Lord you know, takes care of you. And I really, truly believe that. So Mm -hmm. So when you came back, so you started what? No, six or seven. So I graduated in Oh six and, uh, Oh seven. So a December of Oh six, I graduated and I got hired in Oh seven. Yeah. So how, um, so what was it like? So you, you come back, um, at your alma mater, and you're a, your assistant coach under Doug Beard, uh, who had, gosh, coached there for a long time, led him to a state title in 08, I want to say. Yep. All right. Uh, what was it like coaching under him, especially since he coached you in high school? Uh, you know, it was one of those things where uh, those guys are great to me. You know, they uh, they were able to make the transition with me pretty smoothly. I think partially because my dad was like quite a bit older than them. So it was kind of like a, you know, a a ladder, I guess. Maybe they didn't feel like a dad figure, maybe like a big brother figure, I suppose. But uh, 
they just took me right under their wing and, and, uh, you know, taught me a lot, you know, and it, it, it was, uh, unique at first, obviously, you know, you, if you've ever, you know, met like a teacher or a coach that you've had for a long time. And at first you're like, you know, you call him coach all the time or you call him <laughs> Mr. All the time. And they're like, no, I'm just, you know, for him, it was, like, I'm just Doug. I'm just Doug now. You know, and uh, it took a little bit of that, and then that wore off, and and uh, we just gelled into a real good relationship. And uh, we, we talk about it sometimes. We went from, like, a coach, mentor to to a colleague, you know, to, to friend. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a really good transition, actually, for us. Now, one of the things you mentioned, so after he steps down, you become the head coach. Did you feel like there was any, I don't know, real shakiness in the transition from one coach to the other? Uh, you mean this year when I took over? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, not really. I mean, it was very uh, – it was one of those things where, you know, I'd slowly been doing a little bit more every year, I guess. And the kids – you know, it's really neat was the kids, the athletes, they had all seen me forever. You know, like I said, uh, I've had almost all of them since they were five years old. Mm-hmm. So for them, it was like, well, that's Mr. A. A lot of them call me Mr. A. They don't call me. I mean, they'll call me coach, too. But a lot of times they call me Mr. A before they call me coach, which is cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so like that piece was actually pretty seamless, you know, it was, it was easy for them to, to just say, okay, Mr. A's in charge now, you know, and, uh, and Doug, it was kind of like a quiet thing. It wasn't like a big announcement. We kind of talked about it last year, especially since his son was graduating. His last son, Mac Baird graduated last year. Mm-hmm. Had a wonderful career. He's actually wrestling at Adrian College. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, it was just something we talked about a lot. We kept open dialogue, and it was it was just, you know, very easy to switch with, since we talked about it for so much. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the, it was like the only thing we talked about. <laughs> but, you know, right. we, we made sure to chat, and I always told them, I said, hey, man, I want you to you do it when you're ready. Because, yeah. you know, I'm going to be here. So it was a smooth transition. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. Do you feel like um, that having that activity or that continuity with many of those answers because you teach is very important towards building, like, relationships with them? Because, I mean, we're talking about you're building a relationship with an athlete at five, six years old because you've taught them, and then they come to you at the high school level. I mean, that's a... I mean, that's six years, you know. Yeah, it's a huge thing. I mean, uh, I, I did the – so I, I did the youth club this year as well. I had 87 kids in my youth club. And, uh, you know, when they, when they see you in the building all the time, when they've known you since you were little, it, that relationship – you know, everything's about relationships, especially in the school system or coaching. And when you have those positive relationships, you know, kids are going to want to be there with you. They're going to want to do more for you. You're going to want you're going to want to do more for them. Right. Uh, 
I can't tell you how many times I told the guys this year, I was like, man, I love you guys. I'm not just saying that junk. Mm -hmm. I said, I really do. Mm -hmm. You know, when you guys lose, it hurts me. Yeah. Uh, You know, and and when you guys win, I'm fist pumping, excited as all get out. And and I think they felt that. And, uh, you know, like you said, those relationships are huge for, for all pieces of that puzzle. So. Oh, yeah. Did, did you ever do you ever feel like uh, the the pressure of the legacy of a program like Asperia to keep them at a certain level? You know, I did for a while there. Uh, you know, I did for a little while there. And then I remembered that, uh, you know, I, I just remembered <clears throat> that, you know, these guys are just just normal guys, just like me. It's just you know, they want something better for themselves. You know what I mean? And, and for me, it was one of those pieces where like, you know, I was like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm from this area, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, Oh, what do you say? It was just like, um, I don't know. It was just easy to, uh, to talk about it you know what i mean right right kind of um i don't know everybody has expectations but really trying to talk them out and goal set between what is uh i know we talked about in class smart goals today so specific measurable attainable realistic yeah timely so putting those goal putting those things together for your goals and and make taking kind of the awe out of it yeah um, we did Go ahead. We, did, we did a goal setting. That's one thing I did this year that was a lot of fun is uh, I can always remember growing up, like, we always had a theme or a mantra or a slogan or something, you know. And and this year we did uh, – I started the season and I said, uh, I want you guys to think about this and I'll tell you what it means later. I said, I want you to think, who's your Drago? Who's your Drago? And they're like, what's that mean? <laughs> and then I put pictures of Ivan Drago all over the wrestling room. Uh-huh. And I put who's your Drago, and then I actually had the team over to my house, and uh, it was a little team building, and we all watched Rocky Four. Mm-hmm. And then there's that scene in the movie where where he takes that picture of Ivan Drago and he puts it on the mirror, and he looks at it every time he gets up in the morning because he's training, right? right. Like that's his purpose, that's his goal, and. Uh, you know, then there's that scene where he grabs it and he crushes it. Yeah. I said, that's what you guys need to do. I said, you guys need to have that Drago, that goal, whatever it is. It's, maybe it's a person. I said, but usually it's a it's a goal that you're setting yourself for and you want to mm-hmm. be consistent for it. Mm-hmm. So we wrote, we did the goal setting. We wrote things on the wall. I, I, wrote, I wrote down two for me, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, personal goal and a wrestling goal and that was really great for the season, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the opportunity to, to make those goals and then to see them and, and hopefully through your hard work and, and the fact you have it in your face that you can achieve said goals. So that's, yeah. that's great. That's a great team-building activity. Um, so my question to you, I always say, man, we're young coaches, but we are <laughs> we are getting older. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of coaches out there that, um, you know, parents have become the, I don't, 
parents can be difficult to handle, so to speak. What is your advice to coaches on how, how they should communicate their expectations of their program to their parents? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to not be afraid to talk to them about stuff. And you want to give everybody time if they're upset, but you also don't want to give them so much time that they feel like you're not listening to them. Uh, you know, communication is huge. So you're going to have to have conversations that you may not want to have, but you need to, you need to talk to them and, and you need to remind all the parents. One thing I said at my parents meeting before the season start started was this, I said, you know what? I said, I want what's best for all these guys. And I said, I'm going to make a mistake, but I'm not going to make it on purpose. I'm not going to make a mistake because I'm doing something wrong. I'm going to make a mistake because I'm human. And I said, I want to let you know that I all care about all your kids and I want what's best for them. And you have to be gracious to me as well because I I am going to make mistakes, but it's not for the wrong reasons. And I think that kind of stuff is important, you know, letting them know that you're human as well. But then the other piece is just trying to be as open as you can with communication and decision-making. I would get on my Facebook page, you know, however you get a hold of your parents. And and sometimes I would, like, make a video because I want them to see how I feel, not just get a paper or, or uh, you know, some type on, on the words, you know, some, some text on, on a line. You know, yeah. When they can hear me talk, that's better. Right. Because they know where I'm coming from. So I think the biggest thing is communication. And, and uh, you know, R.J. Boudreaux, I listened to him this year at the coaches' conference, and he said core values are huge. When they know what your core values are, uh, they're going to trust you a lot more and they're going to trust you with their son or daughter. So I think it's going to, it makes for uh, less conflict when they know that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. Cause there's always going to have a problem. There's, there's people, right. you know, we're in a conflicting sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, conflict is the nature of the sport. Yeah. Something's going to happen, but, you know, and the other thing I told the guys is I said, remember, we're the only ones that can make our season great or have a lot of trouble. Right. So let's make our season great. Yes, yes. That's great words, great words. So we're at the part of the podcast where what is your advice to those young uh, people out there that want to get their skin in the game and be head coaches? What would be your advice to them uh, to have a successful start to their coaching career? Man, I'd say that, uh, you know, one of the biggest things I can, I can give you advice on is uh, don't be afraid to try. You know, don't be afraid to try something that you might be scared to do, you know. Uh, and don't be afraid to ask for help because there, there is a lot of people out there who are willing to help you. They just sometimes they need to be asked. Sometimes people are scared to step up and and say, oh, I'll do that, I'll do that. Sometimes you just got to ask people, and, and they're more than willing to help you out. Uh, like, for instance, with the, like, say, food table or recording matches or stuff like that, you know, I would put it out there, 
to parents and someone would step up and organize or help or whatever, you know, or one time we did, uh, I did a bonding experience here at my house where we had a weekend off, but I didn't want anybody getting in trouble. So I did a fight night. We watched the UFC and I organized something with parents to do food for us, you know? Uh, so, so, and then the other thing with don't be afraid to, to try stuff is like, you know, this year I started the youth club back up after a couple of years of COVID mm-hmm. and, uh, I had 87 kids <laughs> Jeez. and I was like, Oh boy, we can do it. And uh, it was tough. Uh, but I think the biggest mistake you can make is not doing something because when you're not doing something, then they don't know how you really feel or care, you know? So don't be afraid to try and make mistakes and don't be afraid to ask for help. That's my biggest advice. I guess you could say. (laughs) Well, gosh, well said, Mark. Well said. Well, I appreciate everything you brought to the table in this podcast. A lot of great things, a lot of things for the, the viewers out there when they're trying to put together their programs and have success, a lot of words of wisdom that they can use. Appreciate everything that you've done for the Spiria program and really for wrestling in general, just helping uh, guys figure it out and being a hometown guy, alma mater guy, uh, you're doing great things and appreciate the friendship over the last 20 years. Can't believe we're getting that. Yeah, same, <laughs> same here, man. I appreciate you. Hey, you appreciate still got you more bringing me on. Wait, <laughs> uh, well, that's just genetics, man. <laughs> I didn't do I didn't do anything to get that. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, Mark. Take care and good luck to you next season. Hey, you too. Take care, Isaiah. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Coach T podcast by my dad. <laughs>